Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Life on the Vine. This is Jackson here, and I am here with Hutch. Hello, everyone. And we're just glad to be back in the Hannah C. Howard studio. It is indeed an honor and a privilege. It really is. And I was super excited this weekend because I got my hard copy of Ignite the Sun. Woohoo! It yeah, came to very me exciting. by mistake 10 days <laughs> early. Yeah, you are release. you are the chosen one. I don't really know how that happened, but I'm not arguing and uh, I mean Barnes and Noble apparently is on Johnny on the spot. So they really pretty, are. It's pretty good. They're overachievers. Overachievers, that's right. Right. Maybe they're like just bored and need something to do because of COVID. And so yeah. I, don't, like, I don't think that many new books are being stocked and brought up. So it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I've got it. And you guys can still uh, pre-order a copy or order a copy of Ignite the Sun. If you missed our conversation with Hannah C. Howard, who's the author of Ignite the Sun, uh, it's her debut novel. You guys can go check that out. It's a couple of weeks back um it was a good conversation yeah and it kind of kicked us off with what we're talking about right yeah indeed indeed which is conversation about story story yeah so what is story why is story important why does jesus use story all that stuff yeah so that's kind of what we talked about last week why did jesus use story we talked a lot about the parables um jesus kind of speaking to us in fiction, how fiction's relatable to us. Um, But this week, we're going to kind of jump back a little bit, I guess, and look maybe 50,000 foot view, 50,000 feet. I have no idea how tall that actually is. Uh, It's probably really tall. Very tall. I have no idea. Um, Twice as tall as Everest. Almost twice as tall as Everest. Yeah. It still is like incomprehensible (laughs) to me. But yeah. yeah, it's it's the kind of overarching view of the Bible as a story, right? right. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Bible as a story, and I think that's something that we might need to talk about a little bit because I don't think that would necessarily be people's first thought when they think about the Bible, to think that the Bible is is a story. So maybe just dig into that a little bit to start why why would you refer to the bible as as a story in what way is it a story because i think about the bible and i think about it's about god right and and it's about how we should live and how we shouldn't live and things we should do and things we shouldn't do and it's about the gospel but it feels like the bible a lot of times when we talk about it and when we even preach on it it's a lot of sort of how we should how we how should we live yeah isn't that the point of it well it might be a point of it yeah. or a piece of it, mm-hmm. but when you talk about the Bible as a story, um, I think that especially when we use the word story, um, that can kind of take on a fictional element or mm-hmm. like a fantastical element, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. We're getting into the realm of of made up, right? Right. Um but that's not particularly true when you're telling, you know, maybe a biography or something about mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln. You're still telling the story of his life, right? Right. right. So it's still, it, it may be a historical kind of thing, but it's still a story 
um, has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Right. So when we're talking about the Bible as a story, it starts at the beginning. Mm-hmm. We're living in the middle, and it, like you said last time, it's kind of a closed story. So we know what happens. We know what happens at the end. Yeah. Right. So when we, the other confusing thing is when you look at the Bible, we it comes to us in one book, right. and we call it a book. Right. And it's really probably more like an anthology. It's a collection of books, yeah. a small yeah. library, right? Yes. Yeah. A collection of stories that have a bunch of different genres, right? So it's right. not even like a collection of essays or anything right, like that. Right, it's right. a we're, we're looking at a bunch of different genres, a bunch of different writings, a ton of different authors yeah. all in one air quotes book. Right. 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 Yeah. So but, that that can kind of give us the impression that, um, well, and then especially when we look at the different books in the Bible, it doesn't necessarily all seem connected. There's like pieces that are connected, right? But there really is an overarching story, uh, like right. a giant story arc. Yeah. If you think about the Marvel movies, right? There's right. one story arc that goes through all of the Marvel movies, but each Marvel movie has their own focal point or their own right. minor story arc, right? Yeah. It's like comic books or anything like that. That's really kind of yeah. how I started to understand it was yeah. when I got I into comic good. books. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if we take a step back and we look at the collection of books known as the Bible, there is one story that's telling, talking about how God interacts with humanity, how right. he created humanity, how he continued to interact with humanity, um, and how he intervened really, with humanity. Uh, and we can see everything pointing to Jesus from the very beginning. And then after Jesus is on the scene, everything flowing from Jesus, right? right so right. Uh, on either side of Jesus, everything's pointing to him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So this is yeah, a lot of stuff here. So I, I like that. I like that drawing a parallel between the Marvel movies or just comic books in general. And I, I think we see this in a lot of different things. I mean, you could even you know, toss out uh, non Narnia or Lord of the Rings or something like that. Harry Potter, right? There's seven different books and each have their own story arc within them. And, but they're, they're all part of one larger narrative that's taking place. And, and scripture is similar. There's one narrative, one big story. And in this story, we're learning about who God is. We're learning about who we are. We're learning about God's intentions for the earth that, he has created God's intentions for us, how God has interacted, how God will interact. And at the center of it all, as you said, is, is Jesus. And as New Testament, as Christians, followers of Christ, we sort of believe that Jesus is, is the key that unlocks the story, right? If we want to understand the story and it's, and it's, um, correctly, then we need to explore the story through Christ, yeah. Which, which in, is a way of, yeah, getting into it. So, where do we go with this now? We kind of did the summary. Yeah, And uh, what was, what uh, pieces do you want to dive into? What do you want to dive into? Yeah. When you think about a story, right, a story usually has a main character. And a, a story usually follows that character through. And um, so who, for thinking of, this, of, of the scripture as story, who's the main character? Um, who are we reading the scriptures to find out about and learn about? God. 
God. Yeah. So we're not the main characters. Nay. Dang it. That really hurts my ego. Yeah. Well, too bad. <laughs> so God's the main character. Right. Right. So what's what's our role? Like what or what's you know we read about a David or Jeremiah or Moses. Sort of what part do they play in the story? Um, if God's the main character, are they, are they sort of side acts or how does how do they kind of tie into this larger narrative? Would you say? They're auxiliary. They're auxiliary. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they take the focal point of certain narratives or certain pieces. Right. But they're really not even the main actors mm. in that particular piece. Yeah. When we talk about sovereignty and who God is and how he is working through, in and through particular events in history and particular people and particular writings, I guess. They're not even supportive characters because it's kind of like contradictory to be supportive of God. Like we're not doing anything <laughs> to prop him up, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but they are maybe the main focal point of that particular yeah. uh, sub arc or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, does that make any sense? Yeah. I feel like I'm... That's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and I think that as, you know, part of, as we read about these characters in scripture, we see them interacting with God. We can see something in them reflected of our own relationship with God, but we also get to see how God interacts with them, right? And how right. God works through them. And I think sort of some of what you're talking about is the fact that none of these characters sort of accomplish their goals on their own right god is working in and through them all the way along carrying the narrative forward right mm -hmm. which is this is the fascinating aspect of scripture in a lot of ways in which it's, it's unique among stories one it's entire it's, it's true and we'll get into a little bit to genre and and sort of what do we mean when we say that it's true um, but it, it's a true story it's not just made up but it's, it's a true story and god as we said last week, is both the main character and the author of the story. And then ultimately in Jesus, we believe, has quote-unquote written himself fully into the story yeah. in Christ. And so it's, it's a sort of a fascinating dynamic. And then, But the main character in this, in this sense is always bringing other characters alongside into the work of the ongoing narrative that's unfolding in Scripture. So, we've thrown out the word narrative yes. a lot. Yes. For those non-literary-minded people, what is, what do we mean by narrative? By narrative. That's a great word. That's a great question. Um, I think it just mean that there's, there is a, a um, that the events in Scripture are connected. Mm -hmm. That they're not just isolated incidents but when you have a narrative and person, you know, goes from town A to town B, um, those are not two disconnected events, but there's, there's something that moves the character to leave place A and go to place B. And those are, there's continuity there. And so when we look through scripture, when we read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and all the way into the New Testament, we really believe that these are, they're connected, that everything in Scripture is connected. And so the the events and the context is all, 
got to use a word other than connected. Yeah, but it, it's it's all, all um, cohesive. Cohesive, yeah. There's there's a direction to it. Yeah. So, so I'm just gonna keep firing questions. Yeah, at you. yeah. Go so you it, talked about it? context. What's yeah. the importance of context, especially within scripture? Yeah. When we talk about context for scripture, it's it's similar, I would say, to context for other things that we read or or watch, and we're so some of it would be if we're going to read the the Old Testament. The Old Testament happens in a particular place. It happens in a particular time. It happens uh, in a particular culture. So Abraham is is a Bedouin. Abraham is a um, he has flocks and he has herds. But when we think about that, we're not necessarily thinking Texas rancher. We're thinking more Middle Eastern Bedouin with sheep. And so that's a different way of, of thinking about it. But it matters in terms of what is call, what does God call Abraham to? What does it mean to? The idea of being leaving family, right? Mm-hmm. Most of us are pretty transient. I, I've moved a lot in my life, and my parents live in Seattle, and I've lived in Chicago, and I've lived on the East Coast, and I live here in Tulsa, and that's not a big deal. A lot of us do that. A lot of us move, and a lot of us move away from family. And so it might not be a big deal to us when we read about God calling Abraham, but in that context, that was huge because family units stuck together and heritage and, and how land was connected to family really it was passed on from generation to generation and sort of your sense of meaning and value and purpose was connected to land and connected to heritage. And so to, and that was your safety unit. You were supposed, you know, you cared for your parents and grandparents, whatever else, and took on the family business. I mean, all of that stuff, we don't necessarily think in that way, particularly here in America. And so that's that's where context is helpful. The story is still a cool story. Abraham is called and leaves and moves and follows God, but it doesn't carry maybe the weight that it could unless we know the context. So that's sort of context for the events in the story, but then context is also important when we think about even the writing itself. So we'll say historically Moses has been understood to be the author of the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. Now there's a lot of debate about scholarship, in scholarship about about that, but we're just going to, for purposes of discussion, we're going to say Moses wrote it, right? Okay. Someone in the ancient Near Eastern world wrote it. We're going to say Moses. And so even when you think about the writing style and, and how are people writing and how are people talking about events in history the idea of history as we know it as modern people and writing history has not always existed you know for a long period of time there was and even uh, after the time of jesus it was more there was a lot of hagiography which is sort of making people out to be better than better than they were and we see this in some of the parallel literature in the ancient near east whether it's babylonian or um from ur or stuff like that we see these sort of larger than life narratives that you're like that really is probably not true so i think we when we read the old testament we can kind of compare and contrast with the literature of the time and that context helps us understand a little bit of what's going on and and we see the differences a lot of times in scripture from the the literature around it which gives a lot of 
veracity to what we're reading, but we can also see some parallels and some of the themes that um, the authors are wrestling with that that might be parallel. So that can help that can help us as well, even when we're thinking about kind of how how do we understand how do we read. Yeah. Um, and an example, I'm just going to keep talking. An example yeah. of that would be Genesis. So Genesis okay. is in the first eleven chapters are one of the most controversial sections of scripture probably ever in terms of how do we read Genesis one through eleven, and is it is it literal story? Is it uh, is it historical? Is often a question. Is it metaphorical? Is it mythical? Is it what is it, and how do mm-hmm. we understand that? And and a lot of that is based on modern assumptions about literature and about writing. And so when we write things, we write you know biographies in a certain way, and we write history in a certain way, and we want to get all the facts down right, and we're trying to tell something that's factually accurate, and we we um, we write fiction and, and myth in a particular way. Well, we don't really write myth anymore, but we write fiction and fantasy in a particular way, and for the Middle Eastern authors, one of the biggest questions that they're asking is about theology. You know, they're they're asking and they're wrestling with questions of 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 why and why are things here and and what's the purpose of these things and what's the purpose of me and what's the, and we we you know for us that's sort of maybe that's philosophy that's mm-hmm. what we do in philosophy yeah and we don't necessarily always marry these genres um, but the ancient Near Eastern authors as a whole are far less interested in exactly how did the earth come to be right more interested in why is the earth why am i here what is my purpose here what why would a god uh, you know omniscient being create me and create the world and as we walk our way through genesis i think those are the questions that are primarily being addressed and so the, the even the author's intent and the, the genre might not even be at all what we as 21st century scientifically minded people, modernists, post-modernity, um, are, are wrestling with. Might be different questions that they're asking, therefore different questions they're addressing. Yeah. And that's all part of the context. The point being is you digest information based on how it's written. Yes. Right? I yeah. read scientific papers different than I read scientific reviews. Right. Yeah, and I think that's... And it goes... in Genesis, again, is one of those controversial passages but i think it applies so we've been working our way through the book of acts Mm -hmm. and one of the questions that i find myself wrestling with as we're preaching through acts is is the text descriptive or prescriptive so when luke is talking about the early church and they had everything in common and nothing no one said that anything was theirs but they they brought it and they laid it at the apostles' feet, and you know, kind of kumbaya. Everyone was happy. Is that descriptive or prescriptive? And it mm-hmm. can be both. Yeah, right. But I think genre is part of that conversation. Right. Is Luke in writing Acts writing something to the church as a do this? You know, this is what you should do, and I'm setting out to write a report on how you should order your life as the church or 
is Luke setting out to say, hey, this is the history of the church. This is what the church has been. This is what mm-hmm. the church has done. This right. is the good things about the church. This is the challenges that the, the church has faced. This is how God has been at work in the church. And then what you take from that is maybe different, right? And I right. think that matters. The context and the the genre matters for how we interpret it. And and again, not that those are mutually exclusive. I right. think when we read about how the early church lived, but the questions maybe become more about what was it that transformed that society? Why mm-hmm. were they this way? What does that look like in our context versus that is exactly what it should look like in every context in every time, right? Yeah. So I, I think that th- that's another example of where genre can be important context can be important yeah so this is kind of getting back to what you mentioned hagiography right Right. did i say that right yeah okay unfamiliar with that term but i got what you were saying there okay so when you're talking about hagiography and how that can kind of point to context but also validity Mm -hmm. of scripture because if I understood you correctly, hagiography is making things out to be a little bit, how am I going to be remembered? And I want to be remembered bigger and better, or we're going to make this person kind of larger than life, right? Right, right. Whereas scripture, scriptural account of Abraham, you're just talking about Abraham. Abraham is known as a patriarch, right? Right. Dude's messed up, <laughs> right? Right? And so, right. like, you don't learn that necessarily in Sunday school, but you read Genesis, and dude's messed up. He's got he's got some uh, got some issues. Yeah. 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 I don't know how he stayed married. I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't stay married for long of, now. A lot of grace yeah. from Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. So... I think he was... I think, I think Abraham really was a non-confrontational person. Yeah. I think he was an avoider. Anyways, that's that's a yeah. I also I, I don't can really see that. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think you can like go back and psychoanalyze people. Yeah, I mean it's fun to try, but yeah. If this was kind of compared to the literature of the day, we wouldn't see those flaws that Abraham exhibits, right? Right. Right, because yeah. you wouldn't want the patriarch of your entire nation, literally the. You know, it, it's, it always goes back to Father Abraham, right? Yeah, I mean, even to, in the New Testament. Right. Yeah. So back to Father Abraham. He's like the man. The man, yeah. And you're going to make him look bad? You know, right. He's going to make yeah. questionable decisions? Right, right. You know? Yeah. And that That's not how the literature of the day would necessarily do it. So it kind of points to some of the validity right. of what you're reading. And the, the mere fact that those things that those events were included in the narrative of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know, Joseph, David, David, yeah, on and on and and on, Moses, Moses, I mean, Moses, the man, you know, like David, the man, like we we have these key figures and it also makes them relatable because they're messed up just like you and I. Um, But, but you really the get the impression that they're human, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, so much of the literature of the time, like Gilgamesh, is is a I guess relatively well known in terms of the genre of the time and has sort of a Noah esque experience and different things, but not not no one reads Gilgamesh and is like, oh yeah, that's like totally my experience or that's human. It re- it reads like 
myth, right? It, lead, it reads like fantasy. But you read Abraham, and he goes down into Egypt, and he's scared that he's going to get killed by the Pharaoh because his wife's super hot. And maybe you're lucky. Maybe, maybe you can't. Hopefully you can't identify with that. But at least the... the <laughs> but... <laughs> please, please edit that. <laughs> it's going right in the outtakes. <laughs> and it goes down into Egypt and the fear that he wrestles with and, and you know, doubting God, 20 years of waiting for the promise and all the stuff with Hagar of maybe I'll just try to do this on my own. And, yeah. you know, like all of that is understandable for me. Like you can step into that um, as a as a human. But then there's other aspects that are like, okay, this is pretty unbelievable. Some of the, uh, and I don't mean that as in like we can't fathom it or we can't believe it. It's un- unattainable yeah. of belief, but it's it it's unbelievable. It's like amazing. Yeah, his interactions with God and right. walking with God and having conversations right. with Him. Right, you know his. Uh, understanding of of who God is, mm-hmm. some of the events that transpire in his life, you know, sacrificing or being willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. his son, and then God intervening yeah. in that. It's that is hard stuff to believe because right. it's a little bit fantastical, right? Yeah. But having the counter of him being a human being humanized and like wrestling with fear and imperfection mm-hmm. and doing things on his own give more weight to that story because it is now something that i can believe right mm-hmm. i don't just chalk into the myth category mm-hmm. because he's relatable and now i can i can kind of place it in the divine intervention of God does interact with human Mm -hmm. humanity. Right. And so some of this stuff is kind of unbelievable without God, you know, it's, it's the thing of myth. If God is not present in it. And I don't, I, we we're walking a fine line here because I don't want to suggest that it's myth, but some of the stuff that we believe is pretty out there. Right. You know, well, I think, to me, it, it, a lot of it has to do with some of the premises that you come to scripture with. Yeah. And, and you know, I ex- experienced this in some of academics and seminary, and, and but people come to scripture with a lot of different presuppositions. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of academics, there's this premise that scripture is entirely and exclusively and only literature. And, and maybe it, it is exclusively myth. And so that impacts the way that they understand it, that impacts yeah. the way that they take it apart and dissect it and look at it. And, you know, for us, we come to it with the understanding that in some way God is at work and speaking in and through it and that it is God's word. Right. That even with human authors, God is the ultimate author of this story and of the scriptures as they have come to us. And so that impacts the way, talk about context, right? That that impacts the way that we read it. And so when we see things that are unbelievable, as you put it, we 
we read that in the context of whether the miraculous or the the idea that there's some intrinsic authority to yeah. it yeah. that comes from God, which is an uh, which is an assumption, right? I mean that that's part of our presuppositions, mm-hmm. and it comes from as part of our faith. It comes from part of our experience of who Christ is, and all all so all of these things are kind of tied into that. But I think that that's an important aspect too that we do read scripture through the lens of faith and that impacts how we read it yeah and if you don't read it scripture through the lens of faith and that will also impact the way that you read it right i don't know if that's what you were no i i relating to or getting at it's very applicable to what i was saying uh and i just got a little bit thrown because bunny trail of the day i can see only I can't I can't see your mouth over uh your music stand. Yeah. You're kind of like Wilson in uh <laughs> in uh, Home Improvement. But my yeah. the thought yeah. was you'd look good with a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so you. anyway, I got Thank I you. got a little bit thrown a little bit off off yeah. topic. There. I have that impact on people. <laughs> so uh you're going to have to talk to my wife because the Hennessy Hutchinson, for which this Hannesy Howard Studio yeah. was named, may not be as uh, favorable toward a mustache. I'm as, pro as mustache you. Yeah. all the way. Well, I'll let you talk to her because yeah, I'm I'd be down. To. I'd be down to try it. Yeah, now's you, the time, man. What do you think about shaving the chin and but having like the kind of the burns connected to the stash? Oh, kind of like Van Buren. Yes, the Van Buren. Exactly yeah. the Van Buren. Yeah. Oh. I think that that would be glorious. <laughs> glorious. glorious. <laughs> we'd well, have to we'd have to stop calling you Hutch and start calling you by <laughs> one of your middle names. What? Norman. <laughs> Norman. Yeah, I think that's true. Well, uh if you watch if you watch uh, the service on Sunday on the live stream, you will you can see whether or not my wife approved. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Session may have to vote on that. I'm not it, sure. It, yeah. now, that, now that we're live streaming everything, that may be a session action. Anyway, um, so to come back yes, from that rabbit back. trail, I think that that brings us to a pretty another question where we're kind of just backing up a little bit. And right. that is, you, you were kind of talking about the lens and the context in which we come to scripture. Right. Right. Ha- will have an effect of of how we read and interpret scripture, right? right? So my question is: is why read scripture? What's the hmm. point of scripture? I guess yeah. if we're talking about this as as scripture as a story, an overarching story, and the story of God, what's what is the point of it? Yeah, that's a great question. I think fundamentally, as God is the main character and as God writes the story and invests in the story, the the biggest point is to come to know the God whose story this is and Mm -hmm. the God who's inviting us into the story. And I think that when we come to know God and as we come to know God more deeply, we also come to see who we are yeah and and that's sort of 
almost a secondary, almost a corollary. It, it, it's it's a related idea that comes in in the story. Is that, and I believe, personally, I believe that only in coming to know who God is, and therefore how God has created us, and what God has created us to be, and what kind of a story this is. It's only as we begin to discover that, that we can actually yeah. begin to discover who we are and what we were created to be and how we fit into the story. And so I, to me, that's the biggest, it's, it's coming to know, know the God who, who made us and the non God who created us. Um, yeah. I think, I think that that is so true. Um, that that's the point of scripture. It's God's revelation to us and he's revealing himself to us right. in so many different ways. He's revealing himself to us in nature. He's revealing himself to us in people. He's revealing himself to us through scripture and through these different events that happen in these different stories and these um, different feelings and emotions that that some of these writings can invoke. Um, he's, He's taking different aspects of other individuals lives and saying i think the same about you Mm. you know i'm i'm there in the same way i was for them i'm there for you yeah and and so it it's all about discovering who god is well i just will just briefly we can yeah yeah yeah. i i think and i really I, i love that and i think one of the things i would say too about scripture and discovering who god is is that and then this is where genre context, I think in our context where we're so self-focused and not, not always in a bad way, but we're, we're very um, aware of, of self and we interpret things often through the lens of my experience and, mm-hmm. and, and me. And I think there's something about scripture that part of, part of the truth of scripture is that we can see who God is exterior from us and apart from us. And so we, we come to see who God is in a story that we are invited to participate in, but whether or not we participated participate in it, God is still the God of the story, right? right. And so that, and, and then I, I, I've quoted this in sermons, but I'll say it again here and at a um, pastor back in Seattle, George Hinman. George, if you're ever listening, I don't know if you had this... In, I've quoted you, so here you go. Um, but it was an Easter sermon, and he made the comment that there's an objective reality to Easter. Jesus is literally physically risen, and that's essential. But we also need this objective reality that's exterior to us to become a subjective reality. We need it to become personal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true about how we discover who God is in Scripture. So there's an objective reality to who God is that we come to discover as we read the pages of scripture. And and that is unchanging regardless of our response to it. But then we also need that objective reality to become a subjective reality in order to transform our lives. And yeah. that's where we can say like, okay, God was that way with Abraham. And that tells us something about God that is always true, whether right. or not I experience it. But we also desire for that intimacy or that fellowship to become something that we do experience um, and, and the capacity of God to be known like he was known by Abraham. So I think that's just yeah one addition. No, say. and that that um, flows perfectly into what I was going to say. So yeah, at the beginning excellent. of the summer, we had a Zoom call 
with one of my friends and they were like mentors to our house church in college. And they're Mm. now uh, missionaries in New York city, which I mean, that's a cool story and, and what they're doing and what God's doing through them is really amazing. But they're in New York city. And part of what they do is they do what are called discovery Bible studies. Hmm. So they get, uh, mainly unchurched. I mean, actually, for them, it's exclusively unchurched um, people, and they're targeting different people groups yeah. um, to introduce them to the gospel. And so, again, you're talking about w- w- people come in and read scripture with with their own lenses, with right, particular right. lenses, right? And so the idea of these de- uh, discovery Bible studies that they do with people who are willing to sit down and read scripture with them is they read scripture with them and then they ask very simple questions. And one of the simple questions that they always ask is what does this tell us about God? Mm -hmm. Not what do you know about God? Right. But what does, does this passage that we just Mm -hmm. read, this story that we Mm -hmm. just read, what does this tell you about God? Yeah. And then they have insights about what this tells us about God. And then uh, he was kind of instructing us of how to do this um, with people, how to read the Bible as a discovery Bible study with people. And he said that that it it always begs the question, where do you see that? Hmm. You know, if somebody comes with something that's a little bit squirrely, okay, point, where where do you see that? Yeah. You know, because we do bring extra stuff in with us, Right. right? Right. And he said, sometimes they can jump ahead in the story. Like, we haven't gotten to Jesus yet, so you don't know that yet. Yeah. Okay? Right. right. Yeah. Yes, that may be true, but where where do you see that here? Right. It might right. be present, yeah. actually. Yeah. But show me. Where, yeah. where is that present? Yeah. Um, and so that helps them to discover God for who God is mm. and not God for who they've created God to be right. in their mind. Right. Yeah. And... It, it helps, um, and it's fascinating because since we've done that, I've read, especially the Old Testament, very differently mm. than I had um, yeah. in the past. Um, but there's an element of discovery of, mm. of what Scripture is, is God inviting us in and saying, come, sit with me, have tea. Right. We're just going to talk. We're right. just going to, this is who I am. I'm going to put it out on the table for you. Um, right. And... Yeah. We've worked together now for five? Six. six. Yeah, the six years. I just am now in my seventh year as of August Are 1. really? Man, that's crazy. I know. Isn't that crazy? Six full years. Wow. Well, so I had heard about you quite oh. a bit before we actually met. And because you'd been... I hope that it was good. Because there's it a lot good. of not good stuff. No, it was, it, was all, it was all good. You, you, you had some fans out there. But it was... Um, yeah. But you'd been a Heather Davis intern. You obviously grew up at the church. So there was a lot of stuff that I had heard about you. But I think, you know, if that's where I had left it or... And, it, you know, you hear stuff about people and you're able to make your own conclusions about that person and who they are, who they're not, whatever else... But in actually meeting to meeting you and then in actually working together and coming to know you over the six years, even though, you know, a small sort of smidgen of the person that I'd 
made in my brain from those conversations is probably true, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, you're a completely different person than who I had in mind. And good, even though there's some similarities, <laughs> right? Even though there's some parallels. Um, and even though some of the things that I was told are like definitely true. And, and yeah, you know, but, but I think that's so, and, and we get that with people and we recognize the need to get to know people as they are and to let them tell us about themselves and to, you know, experience them and the most intimate relationships, the closest relationships. We, we obviously, we know that we know those people the best. Right. Right. And yet I think that we do this with God and we do this with other people that we hear one snippet, one soundbite, we read one article about someone and that we think we can judge them or, you know, we, we know exactly who they are. We know, Oh, you voted for, so-and-so, so therefore we know everything about who you are and whether we should listen to you or write you off. And we do the same with God, right? We mm-hmm. we know, quote-unquote, stuff about God. We've heard things about God. Maybe we feel like we've experienced something of who God is. But how often, I think, sometimes we are, we're guilty of not actually uh, coming to Scripture and letting God speak. Yeah. You know, and, and we make all of our judgments about who God is without ever giving God the time and the space to speak and to make himself known. And I think that's the invitation of scripture. And that's the invitation of, of, of this story is just like I would sit down with you, you know, in coffee and just say like, Hey, who are you? Tell me about yourself. And I've gotten to hear your story a couple of times over the years. Yeah. You know, and, but we don't often, so often I think we make judgments about God without ever giving God that space. I love that you mentioned my story because that's kind of part of this, uh, what we're going to be talking about in the future here and something yeah. that you guys can get um, maybe excited about. I mean, uh, <laughs> don't I don't know that excited. my story is all that much, all that exciting, but you know, um, that that's the other aspect about this kind of uh, series that we're doing mm-hmm. on stories is that we all have a story too. Right. Uh, you know, that we're looking at God's story today. Um, but one of the things is that he invites us into the action, right? Right. And so um, we're going to be talking a little bit about our stories, right? And the importance yeah. of your story too. And maybe some practical tips on how to share your story or how to even realize that you do have a story and what your story might yeah. be. So kind of looking at testimony, how to write it, how to even, uh, I don't know the right word to use, discover your testimony, you know, yeah. think about yeah. the story and what God has done in your life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's something that you can look forward to next episode. Yeah. Something I think so. Yeah. 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 I can't remember what we wrote down as our plan. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, next episode or so. <laughs> Sweet. So with that, do you, do you have anything else that you want to talk about this week? This week? Well, it's a great question. Have we talked about the sort of in a nutshell, what is the story of scripture? Maybe not. We have not explicitly said it. That might be good to do at some point. Yeah, probably <laughs> would be good to do. <clears throat> Once upon a time. So, <laughs> so we've talked about this scripture's story context genre god is the main character what is the story about so little different question the story if the story is about 
God, mm-hmm. or, or the story is the point of the story, the point of Scripture. Why do we read Scripture is to come to know God. But if you were to someone maybe someone's listening in and and they've they don't really know anything about scripture they don't really know what the story is yeah in just a few words what what's the story that's being told in scripture how few of words <laughs> few is relative <laughs> yeah, okay good as in like in the you know still in this episode <laughs> <laughs> now you're putting the shackles on me, Dan. <laughs> Come on. No, we can split it if we No, know. the um the story of scripture. It's a love story. God created because he's a creator, because that's inherently who he is and he created. And he created really really good things. And then he created us and he said, "That's very good." And he created us and he loves us in a way that allowed us not to be robots. He didn't create robots. He created human beings. Hmm. And because he created human beings, we done messed it up. (laughs) After we done messed it up, we suffered the consequence of messing it up. Hmm. But since then, God hasn't stopped pursuing us and hasn't stopped loving us and we continue to turn back to him and then turn away from him turn back to him and turn away from him collectively as humanity in general yeah yeah individually and realizing i guess not realizing because he's god he already knew but in his ultimate wisdom and love for us he created a way for us to be with him through his son jesus christ and through creating this way it never compromised who god is he never lowered his standards Mm -hmm. but he loved us enough to make a way instead of just scrapping the whole thing so it's a story of love and pursuit Mm -hmm. it's a story of a scorned lover (laughs) convincing the other partner that they're worth it (laughs) and never compromising on who they are it's a story of redemption. It's a story of mercy from the perspective of both the person who was granted mercy and the one who's giving mercy. Yeah. How'd I do for conciseness? Great. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And I, I think one of the things you touched on is that it's both about us and it's about humanity and it's both a particular story it's my story. It's your story. It's our listeners' stories mm-hmm. as individuals. And that's important. And yet it's also a big story. And it's yeah. also a corporate story. And it's the church's story. And there's a wedding at the end of the story, which is yeah. not just my wedding or your wedding, but it's a the, the spurned lover not to give too much away, but the spurn lover uh, and the spurny and the spurner. <laughs> There's every... <laughs> that's <laughs> Spurny. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we were getting real serious. We were getting real serious. Yeah, yeah we never last that long. No, we, we don't. Nope. 
but there's a there's a union at the end there's a marriage at the end yeah and and that's uh there's a big there's a big story and we're and we're part of it and again that's part of it's part of life on the vine right is and i think that's so important for we talk about context for life in the kingdom and context mm-hmm. of repentance is it's not just about the rules and what we do and what we don't and there are there are rules there are guidelines there are principles by which we should live framework there's a framework yeah but it's 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 the same way in which there's principles by which your marriage is going to flourish right yeah you don't set out a list of rules for your spouse and you must do this and if not i'm not going to love you or whatever else right. but you know we in our marriage counseling we set out a list of expectations these are things that we expect and want and need and this is going to be really good if we can get these and sometimes we don't but this is going to help our marriage if we if these things happen and it's it's more like that i think mm-hmm. god knows how we were created and why we were created and how we flourish and why we flourish and what's going to strengthen the relationship with him and what's going to drive us away from him. And, and that's, that's part of the, the precepts and the principles and the, the rules and the laws that are in scripture. Um, not sort of giving on a different territory, but yeah, yeah, it is. But I mean, you talk you talked about different genres that are written in. Yeah. Uh, law, like a legal right. document. There's a chunk of scripture that's literally a legal document. Right. 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 So you read a legal document very differently than you read poetry of yeah. Song of Solomon or Right. We should. We we really need to do just a whole episode on Song of Solomon. You know, you can do that one by yourself. <laughs> I have zero interest in that. I've yeah. never, you know, never been a fan. Never been a fan. Nah. I need to. Okay, I'm going to give you a chapter out of a book by Eugene Peterson to read on Song of Solomon. Okay. Deal. Yeah. I'll 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 read it. Perfect. I don't know if it'll change your opinion, but yeah, it may. Yeah. It may not. Yeah. My opinions uh, have been known to change over time. Yeah. As stubborn as I am, as, yeah. I do change my opinions yeah. quite frequently. Yeah. It's good. So anyway, well, this has been fun. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. I think we've touched on some things and more to touch on later, but Bible story. Yeah. It's a big story. It's, it's a, a love story. story. Yeah. And it's about God's love for you. Mm-hmm. God's love for me. Yeah. And God's love for you, listener. So right. thanks again for listening. That was a horrible transition. But if you can bear <laughs> our horrible transitions, then you'll be just fine. And yeah. hopefully you'll listen again. But uh, like I said, you're not the reason that we do this. But we hope that you enjoy this. <laughs> um, yes. It's... it's uh, actually a lot of fun to be able to sit here and kind of talk about some of these things. I never really would talk about these things with anybody else than you, Dan, because these are conversations that kind of happen up in the office and they're not yeah. ones that I have with, 
with uh, some of the other people that I know just kind of out having coffee when you're catching up with what's happening in their life and all that stuff. So I'm yeah. glad to be able to have these conversations and, and uh, carry them forward. And maybe yeah. it, it's interesting to somebody else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and as always, if you have things that you'd like to hear us ruminate on and uh, leave a comment for us, send us an email Shoot yeah, we talked text. about a lot of things today that we can dive a lot deeper into. Yes, we were very yes. surface level right. on lots of different subjects today. So feel free to drop us a line. Let us know what it is that you particularly have questions about that you want us to tackle. And we'd be happy to do it. Yeah, love to. Love to. We like to talk. <laughs> but thanks again to Eric Baird for providing us for with some awesome bumper music at the beginning yeah. and ending of each episode. Thanks again for um, you, Dan, and your time. Thanks to you, Jackson. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Daniel and Allison Stroud, who uh, instructed us in the Discovery Bible Study earlier nice. in the summer. Yeah. Um, they're doing really awesome work. Um, maybe we can talk a little. Maybe we can talk with them one yeah, time. Yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome. I think that'd be great, yeah, Daniel be great. Allison. If you're listening, uh, well, I'll text you anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Um, who else do we need to thank? We need to thank Hannah C. Howard for yeah. letting us co-opt her name. Yes, exactly. Thanks to FPC for letting yep. us use the, the space. Yep. And nobody else to thank. Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Have a good week. Peace. Out. All right, and then get longer and longer every episode. <laughs> I bet you people just turn it off like way before. Initially, it was just like, okay, we're here. Bye. Oh, they're mentioning Eric again. Yeah. Time for me to. I don't know that we need to mention everybody every time. I know. But it's fine. We'll talk to our copyright lawyer about yeah. that. <laughs>